podcast. We're coming right off the 10 nothing win by Canada West over Team Latvia today. And Brandon, you want to mention you're down in Cornwall right now. Got to watch that game. You know, one goal for every dollar that it costs to watch that game if you wanted to online. Pretty big result, though, for Team Canada West, especially coming off that big win over the States, right? Yeah, they were good. It was like watching the Brooks Bandits play against the old Grizzlies at all times. It was We got to a third period, and it was to a point where... I don't even know if we need to play this game anymore. They were just passing the puck around. We were highlighting trainers. We were highlighting coaches on the broadcast. It was, it was, it was time to fill some air. But uh, no credit, credits due. They came out strongly, played a good game, and they got out to a lead and a textbook victory that I think everybody saw coming. Yeah, Nathan, a lot of your guys on the score sheet in that one too. Yeah, I've been noticing that through a, a few games here. So got to pump their tires because uh, our five bandits are playing really well. Hudson Malinowski, I thought was really good in. The Canada East game uh, was named player of the game. But, uh, yeah, another strong performance in, in that game against Latvia. I really liked that goal by Sam Court where he drew it between the legs and threw it at the net and uh, and scored uh, to make it like 8 nothing or something. Uh, thought he had a really strong game, had that nice setup. I think it was it was Court to Watkins, who was at the front of the net, and then pa- passed off to the side. One timed it in, so... Uh, cool to see that connection and uh, and Fink's having a strong tournament as well. So, yeah, pretty impressive. And I, and you knew going in that that likely was going to be a lopsided uh, affair against Latvia. But so, it, but I always find, and sometimes you know you see that with the Bandits as well, and some of the other strong teams in the AJ when they they play in those games where they get those large leads. Well, how how do they manage those games? How do they finish strong uh, and make sure that the following game, you know, they don't come out flat. Because sometimes you can see that with some teams. They have those big nights where it's points night. Everyone's all over the score sheet and then a bit of a lay a bit of an egg in the next game. So Canada's got a tough one still. Uh, Canada West still has a tough one with Sweden on Thursday. Um, Sweden, uh, you know, coming off a, a loss to the USA on Tuesday night. Uh, so we'll see how they can bounce back. And uh, I think it's Sweden, Canada East on Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Brandon? Uh we got uh, Team Canada West against Sweden tomorrow. Wednesday, Wednesday night, right now? No, unfortunately, um, it's uh, I think Friday night. Oh, it's Friday yeah. night. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if only but there was I, a website or something. Yeah, check yeah. Later out. on tonight, Canada East and the, isn't it on your uh, lanyard? USA. Isn't isn't yeah, the schedule is. printed it on is. your lanyard? It was on my pocket. I'll probably take a look at it. Uh, seriously oh my here. gosh! Check check your check your local listings is what the old uh, the old TV sag used to be. Okay. Let, here, let me ask you though, here that's a nice one. Friday, early game USA at Latvia. Friday night game Sweden at Canada East, and then that is it. Saturday that semifinals. Sense. Yeah, and, and whoever finishes first in the group gets to pick the semifinal that they that is correct. They get yes. to play. And for Canada yes. West, Canada West has have they all but clinched first clinched in the first group place today with that win? Yeah. So I, you, they'll be playing two o'clock on Saturday, you'd think. It's, it's, it's the old RBC Cup. It's the old RBC Cup format too, which is kind of cool. Uh, the World Junior A was six teams for quite some time, where they would have the two groups and then and then play out of that. But the five team tournament's uh, an interesting dynamic one. And Brandon, does it, does it just look like we're destined for a Canada West USA finish? I mean, that game was extremely competitive and, and a really good choice, I think, to have that so early in the tournament. But to have the you know AJL, AJHL All Stars and the USHL All Stars taking each other on, that's really good hockey, and it feels like that's the natural final we should be seeing in this one yeah and nathan said it if team canada west gets to pick which they do now who they play in the semis they're not going to choose to play the americans that's for sure so that will set up 
probably a final between North and South and North America. Um, and it's interesting, yeah, because there's a lot of talks behind the scenes and there's lots of discussions within organizations. Is the AJ the better route or is the USHL the better route? I can tell you from the prelim game or the preliminary game that uh, Team AJ right now is, is up one. And I mean, when the chips are down later on on Sunday, we'll see if they can continue that. Obviously, we're cheering for Team AJHL and several people are cheering for Team USHL, but... Uh, Pretty cool in the sense where it's 20 to 23 players from the AJ. So it is traditionally Team AJHL. And Brandon, what's it, you're out there right now. So like, what's the buzz around this tournament and Canada West, the fact that it's made mostly of AJHL players and staff? What's, what's the, the buzz around the tournament like? It's interesting. I mean, I think the guys I've talked to at Hockey Canada are more along the lines of if BC was here, this team would be incredibly good. They would have won 15 nothing an hour ago. Um, but that's not to take anything away from the AJHLers. Um, I think coming into the tournament, Team Canada West was favorited, that's for sure. Uh, I think they still are. Uh, we'll see what happens here as the tournament continues. But uh, the buzz overall, I think most of the pr- predictions have been good. I think Team Sweden was slated to maybe do a little bit better than they have. Latvia's where, where they are. And Canada East, the USA, and the uh, Team Canada West are exactly where people predicted. Who do you think? Who do you think would be the? Who's the biggest challenger right now to Canada West? Uh, sorry to take over here, Tyler, but I just Pro- no, please do. probably the Americans again. Uh, probably the Americans again, unless Sweden can do something crazy uh, tomorrow. I'd say definitely the Americans. Well, at the very least, we know that uh, come Sunday, it's back uh, on TSN for the final. Uh, we'll be able to watch that one for free. The, the sad part is, Brandon, I don't think, have they reached out to you about running replay in the truck for that one yet? Or do you have to head back home? No, I'll be in, I'll be in the truck for that, too. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Great set, Great setup. So I'll know who to criticize if I don't like any of the, the replays that, that get done. Yeah, if any of the production stuff looks off, uh, replays, sponsor stuff, or the announcers aren't following directions, it's my fault. Good to know. Speaking of looking a little bit off, let's go back to the AJHL and, and our good friends at the Camaros Kodiaks who are on a tad bit of a slide right now. After a stretch where they, they actually looked pretty good, it's been a really difficult December for them, and, and particularly when it comes to allowing goals. I mean, you look at this this month of December, they're coming off a 5-1 loss to Black Falls on Saturday, uh, lost 3-2 to Black Falls in that home-and-home home to open it at home on the Friday night. 5-2 they lost to Bonneville on the road, 7-4 loss to the Calgary Canucks on the Sunday before that, and of course, you know, a 5-2 loss to Okotoks um, not long before that to open up the month of December. Nathan, let me start with you. This isn't the Camaros team I think we expected based on what they have on paper roster-wise, and I don't think it's all just, you know, Clayton Jardine being away at the World Junior A Challenge, because this started a little bit before that. Yeah, we saw the Kodiaks twice in early November. They came down here one night when the, it was awful out, I remember. It was that, that 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 game, and so that was a tough... They were in for a tough one in Brooks that night, and then we went up there on Remembrance Day. That was the game Hunter Wallace got injured in, and, and, and Brooks hasn't had his services since, so... Um, haven't seen them since the beginning of November, but you know we just saw Black Faults on Tuesday night. By the way, one of the the most entertaining games I think of the year so far in the league was that Brooks Black Faults game on Tuesday night. A shootout. Uh, don't get to see a lot of those, so that was uh, a lot of fun. And Black Faults, uh, we, we'll probably get to in a second, but Black Faults was just coming off a, a, a strong weekend against Camrose in that home and home series. And yeah, it seems like something something just they, they've really hit a. It, it's so weird because, I mean, a month in, they were not even a month in. I remember the beginning of November, we were playing 
cameras here at the CRA, and it was it's the top the whole uh, storyline of the game was these are the top two teams in the division. Cameras are. And, uh, yeah, it's, since then, it's been uh, yeah, just a, a miserable month for the Kodiaks. Been, I've been listening in and watching the games on, on hockey TV, and you can just it, it just seems like the, uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a huge lack of uh, inspired play right now from Camrose uh, up, up, at, uh, in, up at Encana Arena. So I'm, I'm not sure where they go from here and what, how active they'll be uh, in early January. I mean, Camrose traditionally haven't ever been like, making huge swings for the fences at the deadline that I can like Im- that immediately come to mind. Will that be different this year? No idea, but uh, clearly what's happening right now isn't working. Brandon, let me throw it over to you. I mean, it's kind of a surprise, I think not to see cameras in the, in the top of the, of the South division, but it speaks a bit, maybe to a more general point about scoring depth for teams because if you look at cameras right now some of their big guns i mean you know ryan sullivan's still one of the best forwards in this league you know they've had they had great early production from miles gold a rookie out of calgary um who i don't think he scored a goal in in quite a few games but again you can't expect players to keep up you know toward scoring paces for the entirety of a season when we look at teams that are able to maintain their place in the standings, Brandon, it, it's so often, especially at this level, does it not come down to scoring depth and whether those third and fourth line guys can step up into, into big roles, including, you know, in the situation that you and Brooks saw when you guys played each other just last week and you were both missing a ton of players. And the big question was, who's going to step up? That seems to be the key in this league. Yeah. And recruiting is one thing out of that, too. You got to make sure you have those players in place. Yeah, they're gone to the World Juniors, World Junior Challenge. They get injured. Other guys got to step up in those roles. It's it's critical. It's huge. Um, just going to your point, uh, it, it was interesting, to say the least, Spruce Grove and, and Brooks, without those top dogs in the lineup, I think Spruce Grove maybe had a little bit more depth scoring in that particular game than Brooks did, and maybe that's why the result was the way that it was. Um, but it's important for coaches, GMs, to go out and get those players that can play 1 through 12 up front because when you run into these issues – or events or unforeseen circumstances. You need the depth scoring, especially when it comes down to playoff time and you're trying to make that push for a championship. I should probably unmute myself if I want to continue the podcast there. Um, let me ask you about a couple of players, Nathan, who uh, would be, uh, or a couple of teams that are on the more positive side of things. We, we talked about cameras there. What about teams that haven't lost in a little bit here? You know, even though Black Falls loses to you guys last night, they're still undefeated in their last five in terms of regulation losses. Um, and I mean, that was as narrow a win as it could get. It was, you know, Nathan Free scoring as I think the last shooter of the first three rounds of the shootout. So uh, as close to a tie as you're going to get against the number one team in the league. And then Fort McMurray, too, undefeated in their last four you know they're not right in the conversation yet of being able to threaten spruce grove but they do have two games in hand on them so these are teams that we've talked about earlier on that look like they might be starting to get things together a little bit too yeah and i'd, I'd throw your team in as well uh okotoks even though i was saying before we went on it feels like it's been a century since brooks and okotoks have played and looking forward to those matchups in the new year there's four head-to-heads coming up here after the christmas break and really interested to see that Oiler team again. Uh, but it seems like Okotoks after November was kind of up and down. It seems like you guys have found a groove. Um, Black Falls, same thing. Uh, talking to Doug Quinn on Tuesday night, and he was not happy with the team's performance throughout the month of November. He goes and gets those two guys, uh, Gherkin and Brandis from Vernon, and they're making an impact for Black Faults now. So, I mean, he's clearly not afraid to, to make adjustments to, to his roster, and it's worked here because Black Faults is having a good month. So those are the, the two teams in the, the, the South that I think have 
certainly found and uh, you know are, are hitting uh, are trending upwards. And don't don't discount the Canmore Eagles. They're they're a very plucky team. I find this year and they're they're hanging around. They're fifth as we record this. They're fifth in the South Division. So they're hanging around. They've taken us to overtime twice at the CRA this year. Um, that's a, a team as well that I think might give some some teams in the South some trouble. And Brandon, let me ask you about Fort McMurray. You know, in your mind, they're kind of sandwiched between, you know, Whitecourt and Bonneville, who've established that they're going to be, I think, top half teams in the North Division. And they've got Sherwood Park and Lloyd Minster right behind them, who are kind of in, in similar categories with how their seasons have gone. Which of those two groups would you say Fort McMurray is closer to in terms of what we're going to see from them down the stretch? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I have a straight answer. I'm, I'm good for one per podcast. That's a, that's a very good question. At the start of the year, I would have said they're closer to Whitecourt Bonneville. Maybe now I'll say they're a little bit closer to Lloydminster and Sherwood Park. Um, it's 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 a tough call. Um, going into that game when Spruce Grove played him a couple weeks ago up in Fort McMurray, it was, yes, we finally get to play Fort Mac. It's a battle of basically one and two. Here we go. This could be a potential playoff outlook. It could be some foreshadowing. And we went up there on a Wednesday. We got in late. It was colder than cold. They had every opportunity to take that game. And we stunned him with four goals in the first period. So I don't know if that was just first game jitters, but I'm going to throw that now to this coming Friday. And another matchup with them. They're in our building. Uh, Evan Cook will be there for me in that one. So that'll be lots of fun for him. But... Yeah, I, I don't know where, where to tell you what side of the fence I'm on there. Because at the start, they were maybe towards the top, and now maybe towards the bottom. Friday's another big test, though. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that there, and I'm glad to have stumped you at least once over the course of the, <laughs> the four podcasts we've had so far. Looking forward to having you back in the, the beautiful confines of Alberta, though, once the, the World Junior A Challenge finishes up. I want to wrap things up, guys, with our, our usual look ahead to the coming weekend and week and what you might be uh, keeping your eye on. Nathan, let me start over with you. Um, obviously, you know, as always, Brooks, their final weekend without, you know, basically six top guys in, in the lineup. But um, from around the league in general, what's your big, what, what are your eyes going to be drawn to? A lot of North teams are coming down south this this weekend. I saw so, and I and I'm looking forward to a full card on Friday night. The the rare 16 game or 16 team night on Friday. So everyone's going to have a dance partner. So those are always fun to do some scoreboard watching and and I and that Friday night game for Brooks is a real good matchup. You got Bonneville coming to town this week. I'm excited to see this Pontiac team. Uh, kind of, I think they've been laying kind of in the weeds in this season, and we don't see them that much. We haven't played them yet this year. It's the only team Brooks hasn't faced. Uh, you know, new coach this year, which I'll be an adjustment for me seeing uh, Mario Pugliot there uh, after Rick Swan was there for so many years. And but they got a ton of Division One committed players. Uh, looking forward to, I think one of, I think that's one of the best matchups Friday night this weekend is that Brooks Bonneville game. So, and then with from the Bandits' point of view, I mean, you're still going on with. With those five players that are at the World Junior A Challenge, Korzelecki's off in Poland at the under-21B tournament, and he's killing it with them. He's the captain of the team. Shout out to him and uh, Ukraine, who are 3-0 and at the tournament. Um, but, yeah, just looking to see how this Bandit team can, uh, if they can keep things rolling. That was a gutsy win Tuesday in Black Vaults uh, without those players. So let's see if uh, they can uh, head into the break here. With got two North teams coming in this weekend, Bonneville and Lloyd, and uh, I think those are going to be two very good challenges for Brooks. 
I'm going to pick up on, on yours there real quick because mine is similar based on the opponents, but mine is going to be the team that has the flip of uh, what you guys have this weekend because Drumheller has the same two teams coming to town. They're just going to play um, Lloydminster Bonneville as opposed to Bonneville Lloydminster. Um, and they're in a situation where they've gone four straight without a win. And it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Drumheller and their seven-game heater and how they were charging up towards second place in the South standings. And it can't all be explained just by the absence of Ty Deneau. I mean, they played a very winnable game in Okotoks just last weekend. So they may really discover you know, who's going to step up on the Drumheller side. And then, obviously, from an Okotoks perspective, my eyes are on uh, Olds and Calgary, two teams that you might in the past have, have chalked up as easy points in this league. But, I mean, every team in the South has discovered that Calgary is, is anything but that. And Olds is playing some of its best hockey over their last two or three. So big challenges for Okotoks coming up this weekend. Brandon, your eyes this weekend, where do you look at First off, AJHL-wise, the Saints-Fort Mac matchup, always fun when those two teams get together. We'll see how far Canada West can go here at this tournament. They tied the team or the tournament record excuse me, in this past game for 10 goals for, which is the most in tournament history. They also had six in one period, which is also, I think, tied for one of the most in tournament history. I'd say Sweden-Canada West, semifinal one. I'd say USA-Canada East, semifinal two. And then I'd say it'll be a West- and uh, American battle in the final on Sunday, and it should be lots of fun to see how the AJHLers fare against the USHLers. Agree wholeheartedly with you there, Brandon. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure you get that subscribe button hit wherever you listen to your podcast. The AJHL Podcast will be back next week.